This is the Wicked Problems and Circular Systems Podcast. I'm your host, Chris O'Strike. Do, do you think the U.S. will hold elections? And if so, will they be clean? Yes to holding elections. I, I do think that will happen. It is difficult to formally change them. The one thing that's kind of an amusing thing to note that even if, if there were elections not to be held, right, which, and I believe that they will, for various sets of, uh, reasons, the president would be Pat- would be Vermont Senator Patrick Leahy as of next year, uh, because if there's no if there were no elections, mm-hmm. the the like Trump Trump his term in office ends that you are no longer president right beyond beyond a certain date in January. If there are no elections for for the U.S. House, there is nobody in the U.S. House. Like so, the president and vice presidency they end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cabinet, like how cabinet stuff would theoretically expire as well. And then the, no, if there are no elections for U.S. House, there's nobody in the U.S. House. And if there are no elections for any of the Senate races currently, then none of those senators are reelected. They don't keep their seat without the election. And you end up with a much smaller U.S. Senate where there are more Democrats than there are Republicans, given how many Republican seats are up this year. And the uh, senator... Uh, Pro tem, the Senate president pro tem, Pat Leahy, would end up becoming president. So like, better not to have to go through that complicated of a, <laughs> of a process, although it's comforting to note that like, I, Patrick Leahy's a decent enough per, per, person that I could, I could live with being, stumbling into being president in a, in a disaster. Um, the, the real concern though is, is that, that there will be uh, malfeasance and various types of efforts by Republicans to try to meddle with the meddle with the functioning of the proper functioning of the election. It's what we've been seeing recently with Donald Trump trying to mess with the Postal Service. Something that Republicans have done, and often sometimes Demo- Democrats too, uh, with things around privatizing the Postal Service and making it more difficult for them to work. Trump doesn't like vote by mail at all, even though he seems to have no problem with absentee voting, and they're the same. But, and I think it's less of a concern from him about thinking that if people could vote by mail, that he would lose, although that's probably a share of it. That's voting by mail is not inher- does not inherently help either party, according to studies. Uh, but and part of a general desire to sow the seeds of doubt and legitimacy of the election, yeah. more than that itself, uh, especially when it could become for t- calling late ballots that get, that. W- are kind of postmarked by election day, but maybe come in later and uh, aren't legitimate. And you'll have a case where the count on, a, because of the number of mail-in ballots, the, the vote totals on election night won't be final. And he would want to be able to, like the, he would want to be able to mess with, having a, having a lot of ballots not in yet mm-hmm. also enables him to, to mess with that because I wouldn't be shocked if those who submit their ballots in earlier tend to be older. and and probably because of that somewhat more conservative mm-hmm. uh, and i think like in general studies show that people who vote by that older voters are more likely to take advantage of vote by mail uh whereas younger voters are more likely to vote in person especially when you have different populations of marginal voters where the main goal is to even get them to show up at all in-person voting is essential on that front but and you'll also have other efforts that where republicans have tried to make voting by mail a more difficult thing i think even democrats i don't think have been do- doing that great of a job in different states where d- places where democrats have full control and they could just mail everybody a ballot still choosing not to uh, and often relying on an overly burdensome process where you mail people applications to apply for a ballot and so do more mailings than you really need to have 
But then you you also have the existing forms of voter disenfranchisement that already exist, like the states that have voter ID laws that are actively basically try to create an additional hurdle for people to exercise uh, the right to vote and other kind of the general ways in which people can be the, like the difficulty of even voting on a Tuesday is a deterrent for many people, as well as the general. And I think that even another general problem that that's a bit a few steps above and almost a meta way is Republicans desire to make Republicans desire to make the government not run well is its own form of voter disenfranchisement because if you're trying to make things not work for people at all it reduces that sense of political efficacy the belief that participating in the political system means anything at all and that you can actually do anything by engaging so having like it's like having a poorly run postal service for interest like that helps like so people's doubt about the ability of government to function well which mm -hmm. makes you sour on the idea of like a, a more robust public service driven government or even or even the idea of participating in much in like the democratic process at all so and so i see a lot of that at, at work and how and what to expect in the next few months. And I think the Democrats, the Democrats in Congress need to be much stronger about fighting for like, fighting for election funding. They got some of it in the CARES Act earlier this year, not nearly enough. And, and states will need money, especially when it comes to how many ballot, how many people will be sending in mail-in ballots uh, than ever before. And states do need a solid amount of money for election administration. I would like to see more state, one thing that's like a, a almost a bipartisan form of voter disenfranchisement is the number of states that don't offer election day registration, um, which is, it, it's not, we, we don't have that here in Massachusetts. But if you think about a, a scenario in which eviction, evictions are likely to be more common, um, given given the housing instability caused by COVID for people who, so you don't have a paycheck coming in, and it's more difficult to afford your rent. Uh, so you have, you have that turmoil in people's residential stability can easily make it so that it's, people will have moved close to an election and we should make moving close to an election a source of disenfranchisement. It'll also be interesting to see how what happens in terms of trying to make sure that college students are able to vote because it's difficult enough to get them to vote when they're all on campus and they're around their other friends and we'll have that press. Maybe they'll vote in higher rates when they're at home with their parents and their parents actually are <laughs> telling them that they need to vote. Maybe their parents will be a good influence on them, but it's still a difficult thing. Uh, to think about where you don't have for the most because as many colleges are going uh, going fully virtual uh, and I would expect by the November election all of them will be <laughs> the ones that think that they're reopening will have realized what a terrible idea that was. Yeah, sadly, I think you're right there. Thanks for listening to the Wicked Problems and Circular Systems podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, you can sign up for updates at wpcs.substack.com.